Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, Kristen here. I have been having such a great time creating a whole bunch of content for you surrounding creating change. On last week's episode, we talked all about overhaul, overwhelm, and the small change theory, and why when it comes to making changes in our health, in our intuitive eating journey, or really any area in our life, sweeping changes don't work. It's the small, incremental changes that really lead to big results in our life and help us live the life that we want to live. But in order to make those small changes stick, we need to turn them into habits. So what I wanted to do today is bring you through the steps of habit formation to help guide you in creating habits out of the changes that you want to make to your health and your intuitive eating journey, movement, and beyond. So how to create habits. We know that small changes lead to habits and that habits create long-term change in our life. But how do we create new habits? First and foremost, we need to know the goal. What is the actual thing you want to make happen in your life? This needs to be something that's specific, so you can actually take action on it. Say it's something like getting into a bedtime routine. This is something I'm mentioning because it's something that I've really been trying to get into over the last month. My morning routine is solid. It is something that has been solid for years. The only time it's been off was when I had a newborn and I still made it work because my mornings are my time for me. They're my time to do some extra work um, and they're just really important to me. 
but I was noticing that I wasn't able to wake up at the time that I wanted to and be as alert and as effective as I wanted to be in the morning because I didn't have a solid bedtime routine. I was extending it too long. I was watching screen time too long and I was just doing things that weren't serving my body. So I needed to create a better nighttime routine. So what I needed to do is figure out what the actions I needed to take or wanted to take to make this happen. And same thing with you. So what are the actions you need or want to take to make this goal happen? And then the next step, number two, is to choose the action. And this is just one action to start. Then you can move on to the next. This is the small change theory. Small changes add up. But you just start with one action and then you can move on to the others. Now, I want to mention that this can be a habit that you've established and want to change. Like I technically do have a bedtime routine. Like I go to bed every night, but it's mostly like feeling like I'm going to fall asleep on the couch and then rolling off the couch and wandering into the bedroom haphazardly, brushing my teeth, washing my face and going to bed. It was not a solid routine. It was just the things that I had to do in order to get myself to bed. So really creating a new routine, creating a habit, I needed to choose just one action and move forward into creating an actual routine. So I've already established this, but I needed a new one. Um, this can also be a new habit that you want to that you want to change as well. But in order to make any ch- any habit, which is some whether it's something you've already established or something that you want to create new, you need three things. Number one, a trigger or a cue. Number two, an action, that action you mentioned before. And number three, reward. So for many people, um, the easiest way to think of this is the simple habit of brushing your teeth in the morning. Most people brush their teeth in the morning. And the trigger is typically just waking up. You feel that film on your teeth. You feel like you might have bad breath. And then the action is to brush your teeth. And the reward is very simple. Your teeth feel good, your breath is fresh, and you have good dental health. And this is just something that's been instilled in us since most of us were young children. And so it's just something that's normal and natural for us to do. But that's a habit. Just like anything else that we want to create in our life, brushing our teeth is a habit. So then once we establish the trigger or cue, the action and the reward for one habit, and we have that established, then you can move on to the next action towards your goal. And when there's more than one habit involved with your goal, for instance, that bedtime routine, maybe the trigger is an alarm on your phone or shutting off the lights in the kitchen and heading to your bedroom. What is the next action you need or want to take in order to create the routine you want? You can actually stack habits together in order for a more efficient habit building. It could be something like if you want to shut off screen time at night, The trigger to turning the light off in the kitchen and walking to your bedroom could be plugging your phone in on the way and using a separate alarm clock so you're not staring at your phone in the evening time. This is a switch I made recently and it's really powerful. It helps me get better sleep because I'm not staring at my phone right before bed and I find the alarm clock works more effectively than my phone alarm did. It's a lot easier or harder to turn off than my phone. If this is solid, maybe then you can work on to another routine, another part of your routine. So for me, it's getting into a little bit of a better skincare routine at night. I was doing one that was pretty decent, but I wanted to expand my routine a little bit because I was noticing some changes in my skin. I just turned 30. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I did want to create a better skincare routine um, and make sure my, my dental routine at night was solid and then have some time to read before bed. And all of those things required creating new habits stacked on each other. So let's relate this to intuitive eating because I know a lot of you are on this journey to intuitive eating um, to finding what I like to call your beautiful balance. 
So the first thing you need to do is decide on what your goal is. So for instance, I want to better tune in to my body around meals. And then you create your daily habit that you want to change or create. So many of us have habits surrounding food that we want to change, but we're not quite sure how. So an example would be that you skip breakfast. So you're so hungry for lunch, you eat an entire bag of chips standing in the kitchen before even sitting down. Sometimes you're not even hungry for lunch after that, but you're so ravenous, you eat whatever you can find in the break room or in your kitchen or whatever. So then what would the cue be? Start to notice when you typically feel hungry. If you're skipping breakfast, are you actually hungry in the morning and you're just ignoring it? Or maybe you've gotten used to not eating breakfast. Maybe you could have something small in the morning to trigger hunger and provide you with some sustenance until lunch. Or maybe you really truly don't feel hungry in the morning. That's okay too. Maybe you have a mid-morning snack or a later breakfast. Something that is going to keep you full until lunch. So it's the cue would just be to start to notice when you're actually hungry. And then you create the habit, which I already started getting into. So what's the new habit? So the new habit could be having breakfast or a mid-morning snack, whatever feels good. So you're not ravenous and you can eat lunch sitting down, calm, and be satisfied rather than mindlessly overeating and feeling like you're in this constant cycle of being hangry and overeating and then maybe overstuffed and really just not feeling good on a daily basis. So then you've changed your habit. And then from there, you can start to create another habit around the same goal. So you want to be more mindful around your hunger and fullness cues. Okay, so what is another habit that you can change to meet the same goal? Do you have the same situation come up with maybe an afternoon snack? If all you ate was a bunch of chips for lunch, then you're probably going to need something in the afternoon. All of our bodies are different, but most of us will need something in the afternoon before lunch and dinner because typically it's a pretty long time in between lunch and dinner, so we need a little something to hold us over. Do you have similar struggles with letting yourself get too hungry before you have a snack or maybe skipping the afternoon snack and then going into dinner you're super hungry and you eat everything in the kitchen? Where can you create another habit around better tuning into your body around hunger and fullness around meals? Hey mama, the new year's coming and I have an inkling if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you care about living a healthy, balanced mama life. But you might not know where to start in creating healthy habits in your life beyond going on a restrictive plan or joining another New Year's cleanse. Because we know diets are old school. What's in is real, sustainable changes that allow you to live your best life each and every day, not just from January 1st until you fall off it again. Join me for my annual Healthy Mama Habits Restart, where we start the year with balance, not restriction, and simple changes instead of grand overhauls to help you learn to eat well and live well without restriction. I'll guide you with daily emails, mini podcasts, and daily live videos to help you learn what truly sustainable habit creation looks like. No pricey meal plan necessary. It's 100% free, and we start on January 1st. Click the link in my profile to enter your email and join before the clock turns midnight. And that's where you can start to take one goal and create more habits in order to create real positive change in your life. So a question that I get asked often when I talk to clients about habit change is how long does it actually take to create a habit? So the journey is out on this one. There are studies that say around 21 days. There are studies that say around 33 days, some even up to 60 days. But really, when it comes to numbers, I like to focus on consistency. What we know is that even when we face setbacks, consistency is key to creating habits. 
So there's a couple ways to create consistency. Accountability has been shown to be really helpful. This could be from a coach, from a colleague, if it's something around work or your business, or from a friend or even your spouse, um, as long as you can do that in you know, a kind way. It can be really easy to throw in the towel when it doesn't work out one day. So having somebody to be accountable to, even something as simple as your nighttime routine, can be really, really helpful. Um, just remember, too, that there's no wagon to fall off of when it comes to intuitive eating or developing healthy habits or whatever you're trying to change in your life. This is your life and your life is going to have peaks and valleys and turns and forks just like any long road. So you don't need to throw in the towel. All you need to do is establish something to help you stick to the habit so it becomes or stick to the routine so it becomes a habit. Just because you took a wrong turn doesn't mean you're off the road entirely. It just means you need to redirect and refocus on your goal. And so it's important too that I stress that habits really only work when you're only making one change in one area at one time. This is why I talked about overhaul overwhelm and the small change theory first. Um, Because it can work to make more than one change in different areas. So for instance, drinking more water and getting to bed earlier. Because they're very different um, areas of your life. I still encourage you to not like try and make a whole bunch of changes at once because it really does depend on your personality and what actually feels overwhelming to you. So you can try it. If more than one change feels overwhelming, just stick with the one. It's okay. You have your whole life to make changes. You don't need to change everything at once. And the second thing I want you to consider is your personality. We all respond to creating change differently. And this is why I love things like tuning into your tendencies around change to determine what will work for you, like that accountability or not, in making habits actually stick. So one way of determining this is through Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies framework. So I actually talked about this a little bit with Heather from Fit Mama Real Food when she was on the podcast. I can't remember what episode it was, um, but I will link it here because we talked about it a little bit and talked about our tendencies. Um, But Gretchen Rubin wrote the book, The Happiness Project. She has a great podcast. I think it's called Just Happier by Gretchen Rubin, and she does it with her sister, and it's a great little podcast. I, it's super it's super popular. If you haven't listened to it, it's really great. Her and her sister um, are really great together. And she just they, they talk about habits and creating simple habits in your life to, to live a better, happier life. Um, and so she wrote a book called Better Than Before. And she introduced these this four tendencies framework. And then she came out with the four tendencies book afterwards. I will admit I've not read the four tendencies book, but I have read her previous books like The Happiness Project and Happier at Home and um, Better Than Before. And I thought better than before was one of her best, super, super powerful and helping you create the changes that work well in your life. And she talks about really um, creating habits based on your tendencies and how you um, respond to expectations. So she has four tendencies that she talks about. She talks about upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels. Um, So upholders respond to outer and inner expectations. So they uphold to things. So if somebody asks them to do something, they'll do it. If they decide they're going to do something, they'll do it. The questioner um, responds well to outer expectations, but they question before they make decisions. So they need to like they need to ask questions and make sure that they're making like a solid decision before they respond. This is my husband to a T. He and this is something that's actually really I talked about this with Heather in, in her episode where 
it has actually really helped our marriage because like I know that he's going to question every decision that we're going to make and I just kind of have to let him work through that in order to allow him to make decisions that work for him um, before like expecting an answer when it comes to something um, or in making changes too. He needs to question the change he's going to make and make sure that it's something that is really worth it in order to actually make a change. And then there's the obliger. And this is why I mentioned accountability before. So obligers respond to outer expectations. So they typically need more accountability in order to make changes in their life. So most people are obligers. I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain that most people are obligers. This is like the top, um, I think obliger is top and then questioner is second. Again, might be wrong, but most people are obligers. Most people need some sort of accountability in order to make changes, in order to create habits. And this is why accountability in some way works so well. It's one of the reasons why I have the Super Mama Society group coaching as um, as a community rather than just offering um, something where I'm just kind of talking at people, I have a space for community where they can ask me questions and they can interact with each other as well because accountability is really powerful. Um, And the last tendency is the rebel. And that is actually my tendency. And rebels don't respond well to expectations like at all, whether it's inner expectations or outer expectations. If somebody tells me to do something, I'm automatically not going to want to do it. Um, And I know that kind of makes me sound like a child, but I do get things done in my life. I do help people. (laughs) I also really like creating positive change and helping other people create positive change. Um, but it just means I have to get a little bit more creative, um, and have, um, I'm a little bit of a questioner too. I need to have like a really good reasoning in order to make, make decisions and respond well. Um, but it can be really helpful for somebody to tell me something like you can't do that. Cause then I'll really want to do it. So just something that is kind of a fun fact about me, but something that can be really helpful in determining how you create change and how you can really create habits in your life. So I recommend her books um, and it's just a cool framework just um, as something that you might want to play with. So when it comes to making um, and creating changes around our health habits, many women do just feel like they need to make these drastic overhauls or develop a whole bunch of habits all at once in order to make real changes. But I just want to remind you that this is just simply not true. And it actually typically creates a higher likelihood of falling out of habits. It's that on again, off again cycle. And if you struggle with this or struggle by feeling overwhelmed by overhauls, I highly recommend you go back and listen to episode 54 all about overhaul overwhelm before you start creating habits. And if you are looking to make simple changes in your life and your health this new year so you can eat well and live well without dieting, I would love to have you join me in my free 10-day habits restart where we are discussing 10 simple actionable habits for a healthier, happier life this new year. No restrictions necessary. So it's going to be from January 1st through 10th, totally free. You can click the link in my show notes or head to healthymamachris.com slash habits and you'll be directed to sign up for free. It's just name and email. That's it. You'll get a daily email. I'm going to be doing an Instagram live video every day and a mini podcast, just about five minutes long, um, more or less, just to kind of share some of the habits that you might want to add into your routine to boost your health, to make you feel really good this new year without having to restrict yourself or feel like you need to make these crazy over halls or crazy changes. And that was just one of the reasons why I wanted to share with you a little bit more about what it takes to create a habit. 
is that it doesn't need to feel overwhelming and it doesn't need to feel like you know you need to completely change everything in your life to start creating positive habits and create positive change in your life it is totally possible to create positive change in your life and change your habits with some simple steps so friends thank you so much for listening for tuning in i so appreciate you joining me each and every episode if you haven't yet please go ahead and leave us a star rating and review in itunes each and every rating and review just helps the podcast be seen and heard by more women that need to hear it so i really appreciate all of you who have left reviews who have left me five star ratings um i really appreciate it and that's why i keep doing what i'm doing here and and how i can keep providing you with this content. So thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you friends so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. See you in the next episode.